0: Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I sit down with Addie Kelzer. Sapphire Training
1: helps the -the on-the-go woman feel more energetic, find her inner peace, and become more powerful by creating a fitness lifestyle she loves.
0: Today I sit down with um, Addie Kelzer, who is actually the reason that I have my own business um, to this day. So Addie and I went to college together And um, I saw that she started her own personal training business probably about six years ago. And I saw that via Facebook. And so I just sent her a message. And I had already been in the training world um, for about five years. And so I said, well, how did you do this? And how did you get started doing your own thing? And so she kindly messaged me back. And we met up for coffee. And um, after meeting up with her, I decided, yes, I want to do this as well. So I was kind of tired at that point of working for gyms and I wanted to venture into my own business, which I started as Sapphire Training. Um, I've since rebranded and now it's Andrea Clausen. But Addie is such a knowledge of business and training and she really is a mentor to me as um, she had said that I'm. she looks up to me and I vice versa look up to her as well. So she does in-home personal training in the Twin Cities area. And she currently now is more in the operations role. And she has a team that she has that um, works underneath her. And I love that she, um, her kind of tagline in her bio says that we ask our clients to learn and grow every month and I also strive to do the same. So I love that, Um, that's her philosophy and I think it comes through in today's interview and it definitely is something that she is passionate about is leading and always learning and always growing. So you'll learn a lot about growth mindset and if you're in um, the world of training or running your own business, I think you'll really find this um, interview to be pretty fascinating. Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast, Addie. I'm super excited to have you on today. Thank you for having me, Andrea. Yes, so Addy is a fellow um, Minneapolis, Minnesota kind of trainer that I have known for a long time because we went to college together, actually. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who don't know Addy, Addy, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself?
1: Yeah, so I'm actually a transplant to the St. Paul, Minneapolis area. I grew up in Idaho. And either bravery or stupidity, I'm not sure which one landed (laughs) me three states away, but um, I went to college where Andrea went um, and I met my husband there and really have fallen in love with the Twin Cities. And so I've built my um, business here and we have
0: a home here as well. Yes. So what about your fitness background? I know you were a cheerleader in college. So how does that kind of fit into your whole story?
1: Yeah. So I grew up enjoying athletics. I know that you are kind of the same way. You like to move and um, you're a little bit competitive and I am too. (laughs) And I just like to jump into anything that's active. But uh, really when I fully understood that I wanted to dive into fitness and nutrition was actually during my college experience where I was pursuing a degree in environmental studies. And um, while I was doing cheerleading at Hamlin, I was really struggling with my own weight. Um, I'd be up and down 20 pounds every other year and I didn't know how to feed myself well and became kind of lethargic and unhappy in a lot of different areas of my life that um, once I kind of circled back and started putting some of these essential pieces back in my life I felt like things were starting to flow better and make a little bit more sense. So after school I actually went back to school to learn about fitness and nutrition for myself and I of had the idea that at least I'll learn some skills for myself uh, that I think I'll probably use for my entire life and if I really like it then I can maybe build a career there as well. So I went back to school to the National Personal Training Institute where I got a personal training certificate and then also uh, nutrition consulting and I loved that nutrition was a piece of that puzzle because I think it's so important to be talking to our clients about And, um, I also just, after that decided I didn't want to work for anybody else. I, that kind of bravery, stupidity theme in my life. I'm not sure which it is, but I just decided that, you know, uh, there is a market for people wanting to work out in their own homes where they feel comfortable. And I'm going to try and figure out how to do that on my own.
0: Mm, Yes. And so her business is called urban fitness twin cities. So how did you kind of decide a on that name and B hey, let me see if I can make this, you know, work. And how many years have you been doing it now?
1: Yeah, so I've been in business for five and a half years and it has definitely evolved over the years. Um, But it really was just, I don't know, finding a need and then figuring out the answers as I went along, uh, to come up with a name. I actually was, this was while I was in personal training school. I was bartending at the time. And I remember having a long list of names for my business and actually asking my customers, Mm. um, what they thought about, you know, this name and that name, that way I could get kind of a wide survey of people. And I remember having one customer say to me, you you want to be in this environment, like in the city, I was working in St. Paul. And so he actually helped me come up with um, the name urban. And so that's where it kind of came together. And I always wanted the Twin Cities to be part of that. Uh, In the back of my mind, I wanted to be able to live wherever eventually. And so I don't know, maybe one day we'll branch out and have Urban Fitness Boise or Urban (laughs) Fitness Seattle. I don't know.
0: I love that. And your business is, um, she runs it a little bit differently than I do. So like in terms of our in-home training, it's just me that runs mine. But I want to tell everyone, like, how did you decide that you were going to hire other trainers underneath you and kind of be the manager and person behind the scenes? How did that come about?
1: That was really just luck. It was so... um... I, I guess what I kind of came up against was that reality of if I trade hours for dollars my whole life, there's a there's a cap a ceiling as far as how much money I can make. But more importantly, there's a ceiling to how many people I can even reach in a week or in a year. And so I started working with other trainers because I also was finding out that if I wanted to be able to have a greater income potential, uh, but you know that I wanted to do my own thing but there's a lot of trainers that they really just want to hone in on their craft mm-hmm. they want to be great trainers and they might not want to work for someone else but that doesn't mean that they want to build a business because you know just as well as I do that that is a whole nother beast you have to be willing to get into and to keep learning and developing and I found over time that I like I love training and I could talk about nutrition all day long But I love the business building piece just as much. And it's been really rewarding for me to actually see the amount of money that goes out to the trainers that I work with. I'm really proud of that, even though it's, you know, it's an expense for my business. I take a lot of pride in that. And then also we rent space from other women entrepreneurs that I know. And I also am proud of that, that we're actually, you know, spending money with their businesses
0: as well. Mm, I love that. So I want to talk about business now because I also like to talk about business with personal yep. training, which I don't think a lot of trainers necessarily enjoy. Like this could be the downfall for a lot of people. And I know I do have um, some other trainers and business business owners that listen. So I kind of want to tap on this. How do you kind of make this work for you? Because I know I have um, a few clients who actually are branching into their own thing, and they're like, "How do I know when I can leave my job and stay with my business full time?" that's a loaded question, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but this is one that I get. And I'm just yeah. curious to see what, like, what do you think about this? Because
1: especially if you have a spouse or somebody that you're sharing your finances with, it's a group decision as far as when you would actually branch out. I think part of it is just confidence in knowing that, I'm going to make this work, whatever it takes. I'm going to put the effort in and um, create the clientele and whatnot. But when I was, I was actually working for an anytime fitness while I was building my business. And they knew when they hired me that I had always had urban fitness and was building it on the side. And so I actually worked for them as a personal trainer exclusively. I didn't do any selling. And then um, after about a year, they offered me the personal training sales position, which I think was really, it was a job that I did not want. I didn't want to sell all the time, but they were handing free development to me. And they knew that, you know, they knew that I would probably jump on it for that development piece. Mm -hmm. And so I did. um, And I sold for them. And I I learned a lot of really great um, sales pieces. And I also learned some pieces that I definitely didn't want to, um, you know, bring with me into my business. So I was during that time that I was sales manager for them, I uh, was kind of building this little nest egg, you know, I wanted to have several thousand dollars in the bank in order to make myself and my husband feel comfortable. You know, he's a very practical, logical kind of person um, to where I could step away. Uh, and then the crazy part is that at 29 years old, I got fired for the first time.
0: (laughs) Oh, I didn't know this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, I'd always ran my own schedule and, uh, I didn't tell the owner that I was going to be away on vacation. So anyway, I got terminated while I was vacation on vacation. It was horribly embarrassing. I had to tell my parents, oh my gosh, I don't have a job to go back to. And then I thought, yes, I do. And then I wondered, (laughs) when would I have ever left? When would mm. I have had enough of an acid egg? And so looking back, that was such a blessing that I got shoved off the cliff and it was sink or swim. And so I knew what I had to do. And I had luckily been building for years. And so I kind of just stepped right into the role. It was scary mm-hmm. and embarrassing. You know, I definitely got my feelings hurt there,
0: <laughs> um, but it was, it
1: was really the best thing that could have happened to me.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I did not even know that about the anytime fitness. Yep. So, I mean, those are some of the things that I think that opportunity presents itself. So if someone's kind of thinking about when is the right time, and I'm totally with you, there is no necessarily right time. You just kind of know. Cause I was kind of also in the same decision with when I worked at the soccer Academy and Uh I had a good relationship there and it was basically like, okay, it's either your business or here. Like you're struggling to do both right now. You get to pick. So, you know, it was kind of like, it's on you now. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to bet on myself. Good decision, but hard one in the moment.
1: Yeah, and it can be, I think, even harder if you're in a good situation where you have supportive people around you because you know the environment's good, it's comfortable. So why would you step into out into basically a storm mm-hmm. but if that's what you want to pursue? At some point, you really have to step out.
0: Yes. Yep. And I uh, at the time too, I was single, and so that's where I was like. If I'm like all by myself, who do I see every day besides my clients? You know, and so sometimes those are things like if someone, because I've talked to some younger women who are like, who do I talk to all day? And those are like Mm. actual real things. Um, And I have that with some of my clients who are elderly and they have the same thing. Like you're the first person I've talked to all weekend. And I'm like, I get it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I was there, you know, in my like mid twenties when I was all by myself. I'm like, all right, well, just talk to my mom more than, you know, more often than not. (laughs) you know, just trying to find that or, you know, reaching out to other entrepreneurs. Cause I think that's yes. a great thing to do now is because of social media in that regard, you can connect with people online and finding that person to kind of, Hey, you know, like me and you, for instance, we used to go work out at lifetime together. Yep. you know, And so like, those are like weekly dates where we got to like hang out and talk business and work mm-hmm. out. So like little things like that, if you're thinking about when is the right time, like, Hey, find a buddy, let me yes. pair up and rub ideas off that person.
1: Yeah. Cause I, my husband works in corporate America. And so I think about how he can just spin his chair around and say, Hey, what do you think about this? Or can you look at this email for me or whatever it is? I spin around my chair and there's no one there. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, you do, you really do need to build your own network of people that you can just ask whatever questions to, and maybe some buddy you ask more business questions to and then another friend who's a trainer you might ask more technical questions of or befriend a nutritionist so that you can take on take some of your bigger questions over there i think that's key
0: Mm, Yes, I couldn't agree more. So I want to talk kind of about people coming into your business now, because I think this is something that I've been seeing as a trend is it's not only just about the weight lately, but I'm curious to see from other people's perspective, what are some people's goals now? Um, Are people looking for more than just the number on the scale?
1: I would definitely mimic that as a trend. And I think
0: it's so awesome. Uh, Yes. Oh, yeah
1: couldn't agree more. (laughs) It's cool to see clients get that weight loss, especially when that's not their number one thing. They're working on just feeling more fit, being able to um, keep up with their grandkids because that is definitely activity or uh, recovering from uh, maybe like a knee replacement or some other kinds of um, medical situation. Uh, and then they get the weight loss as part of that. How I just think that is so cool.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where I have seen that and like people, you know, more races coming up like triathlons and, you know, kind of those, I guess, athletic prowess type events and just kind of like going after it. And then, you know, maybe weight loss happens, but it's not like an, if I don't reach this number, I'm devastated type of thing.
1: Yeah, because so much can depend on that. I mean, and it's it's definitely not your only uh, judge of, of how you're doing. When we take in new clients, we always do a couple of different assessments. And one of the assessments is to do skin folds, so actual body fat measurements. And I definitely get a hesitation from some clients, especially when weight loss is not their key uh, goal. Um, but what's interesting is that I have found for myself is that if I let them If they're truly uncomfortable with the measurements, there's no question, we're not gonna do them. But if they're just kind of on the fence and they're not really sure, I encourage them to do that first round of measurements and photos anyway, because then we actually have numbers to match how we're feeling. Mm -hmm. And so if a client's saying, hey, I think my pants are fitting well, and uh, six months or four months down the road, they decide they wanna do some additional measurements, we can actually see what that looks like on paper and confirm that the feelings they're having of just feeling a little lighter and a little trimmer. They're really, really there, even if the weight on the scale is the exact same as day one, as they kind of transition between adding lean mass, you know, and reducing their body fat. So I do still really encourage those measurements if at all possible.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's something that I kind of I do, but not as often anymore. Even like that first measurement, it depends on, um, you know, if they want to do it or not. But then I used to do it like monthly and I'd be pretty much on it. But lately I'm just like, Mm -hmm. you let me know when you're ready. Because most of the time I'm finding, because a lot of us, I mean, we know, we know if we're sticking to what we're supposed to be doing or if we're, you know, hey, yeah, I had a rough weekend, um, you know, and I didn't get any workouts in this past week. You know, people kind of know it and they feel it. And Mm -hmm. I think that people aren't hiding as much as maybe they tried to, even 10 years ago, you know, being in the industry, I think, you know, people would try to lie or try to make you feel good. I'm like, no, it's, I, you know, I can tell if you're doing your stuff or not based on when I'm putting you through a workout. And so I think that's something that the transparency just in, not only in the industry amongst trainers to clients, but clients back to trainers. I think that's just gotten so much better.
1: Mm, That's awesome. I love that trend and that you can see that over a decade period of time.
0: Oh. So I want to now talk about something else that women in general have a tough time talking about, (laughs) asking for help. (laughs) So how do you kind of go about this and how do you help women ask for help to help them reach goals? Hmm. Well, I
1: think part of it is I don't think that I did that very well in the beginning um, of my career. Uh, because I kind of had to take a hard look in the mirror on that subject, and so when we talked earlier about finding that network work of people that you can ask questions of, for two years in my business, I really didn't have a network mm. because I was either, um, you know, embarrassed that I really didn't know what my financials were, or um, wasn't tracking this, that, or the other very well. I'm not sure exactly what it was. Um, also, thinking that I should know things like I have this business, I should know certain things. But looking back, I'm like, that is crazy because we're in the business of helping people grow into something that is completely out of their comfort zone a lot of times. And so for me to think that I'm a finished product, whether it's in regards to my own health and fitness or in business is just it's blasphemy, it's crazy, mm-hmm. so that's when I kind of started creating that network and being a little bit more open um, with people like you that I respect and admire and look up to in business and um, and just asking you know being honest with what I was dealing with or asking those really specific questions, you know making it clear that I don't know anything about that. I need some help here, but i think I think with clients and my female clients in particular. It's like, I don't know if it goes back to that notion that we're kind of like natural nurturers or, and we want to help other people succeed, um, whether it's, you know, your kids or your parents or a coworker. Um, So we get asked to help a lot, but yet we don't always think to turn around and ask for that help ourselves,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: which when people find out that you're capable and competent, you get asked for even more things. So you should be asking for more help in return, um, either of those same people or from other people in your life. So I think part of it is just realizing especially, and I think the trigger is that if you're stressed or overworked a little bit, and whether it's home life or work life or all things combined, that there are probably little things on your plate that you should not be saying yes to, or that you should be asking for help with big or small.
0: Mm. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with that. And especially after, you know, having my son and like realizing, okay, we're going to need, we're going to need some help because it's hard to have, um, you know, obviously my schedule, I pretty much am now training only in the mornings with clients Mm -hmm. in person, you know, and then I'm home in the, I have to be home by at least noon for my husband then who has a more flexible job. Um, with basketball is primarily afternoon evenings. Mm-hmm. So there are some days where I'm like, okay, if I have some people in the afternoon who want to train, I need to have at least one day a week. So I'm like, I'm going to have to ask someone for help or figure out that thing. So that's where like, you know, a nanny came into play. So having a nanny is one day a week for a few hours is awesome. You know, and just being, yeah. not being afraid to be like, okay, I do need help in some area. Cause I can't juggle all of these things, which it stresses me out even thinking back to last summer, how I was trying to like do a bazillion things and being a new yeah. mom, having no idea what was going on. Like I was just doing way too much, but I thought I could do it all. And so I can totally relate and see how we easily get sucked down that rabbit hole of thinking, no, I, I can do it. I can do it. Just and watch me. <laughs> yeah, right. Which usually all that
1: leads to is a big, terrible fizzle out. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) I think what's hard though too, is that sometimes asking for help makes you feel like you can't handle it all. Yes. That you're Mm -hmm. weak, that this part of your area is in shambles or you're a failure or people are judging you. Um, Nine times out of 10, that's made up in your own head (laughs) is what I find anyway. Yep. Um, And it kind of goes to, um, I've been reading the book Mindset uh, recently by Carol Dweck and it's I see myself in that book so many times in, in different ways. So they really talk about the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset. And in parts of my life, I can look back and think I was definitely in the fixed mindset. I thought that I was a finished product Mm -hmm. and I, you know, if I ask for help, then I'm incompetent. Um, versus the growth mindset is that any kind of struggle you have, like I need an afternoon open so that I can train clients. How do I get some help? It's just, it's, it is what it is. It's at face value. It's that I can't do both of these things at the same time. So I'm going to find a solution versus bringing that back as like judgment. It doesn't have anything to do with you most of the time. It's just, they're just the
0: facts. Mm -hmm. Mm, I like that. The growth versus the fixed mindset and just seeing, I mean, I think we apply that in our lives in so many different areas Mm -hmm. and just taking the time to guess, realize, oh, this is might be what's going on is I need just a little mindset shift. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm. Especially for entrepreneurs too, because um, we're bold enough to think that we can do it on our own. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what we signed up for, but on your own doesn't actually mean on your own. It just means that you're the only person listed as the owner. Mm. You have lots of other people that are in your community that help you. And every community is built that way. Every good thing is built that way. I was looking for this quote this morning, Andrea, that I could not find. And I wish I'll give you kind of the a synopsis, I guess. it basically starts by saying that the idea of creating a business all by yourself, going it alone is like this romantic notion. And so I can't remember the, the mm. way that the quote finishes, but I feel like the beginning is what speaks to me in that it is just that. The idea that I'll do this all by myself is just this thing that I've put on a pedestal. <laughs> it's not real.
0: Yeah. It's just
1: this idea that sounds really great and beautiful, but it's not actually practical.
0: No. And I think that the most successful people usually have a team or a network that they can kind of go to and bounce ideas around. Yes. Because I've seen, I've seen that personal experience, you know, with, (laughs) with one of the former jobs that I had and, you know, it was like a million dollar business one year and then almost closing the doors the next, you know, how Mm. did that happen? And I can definitely see more of a, um, fixed mindset, like, very this is how it is and then not that i need i need to learn more it was kind of like i already know it all i'm the top dog and um because i've heard the owner actually say those things you know that's where i know that was what was going on and so it's kind of interesting to see how sometimes your own ego can get in the way and you know blow things up in your face
1: yeah i'm trying to be cautious of um so i'm learning and i know i'm new in business and um so keeping that mentality of learning i've kind of had to i guess I've had to learn that, mm-hmm. uh, but I know for a lot of leaders, they can start out. And the, that book I was talking about, mindset, talks about how a lot of people step into a new role and they want all these ideas and collaboration from the people that work around them. But how easy it is to slip over time into the fixed mindset, in that I'm the leader and I took this business to the next level, etc. So I know all the things. And mm-hmm. really, to really truly be a leader long term, you have to keep that mindset of. Um, I'm still learning and I need people to give me feedback and ideas.
0: Mm, yes. Oh. I mean, especially that's why we hire, well, that's why you hire people, you know, smarter or someone who doesn't do something as well as you.
1: Yes. Or complementary skill mm. sets.
0: Yes. Yep. Um, yeah. And you have more experience that, with that than I do, because I only have a couple people, you know, an assistant and my podcast editor, shout out to Tim again, <laughs> and, um, you know, that's something where I've tried to do, um, what you did is hire trainers underneath me. And I found that was just not, that was not for me. I'd rather do an online business. Mm -hmm. Um, so how did you kind of find that your leadership skills have changed or evolved from having to hire? How many trainers do you have underneath you? Three?
1: Yep. I work with three people.
0: So then how have you evolved as a leader in the past, you know, what, five, six years now that you've had your business?
1: Yeah, I feel like that's still very much under construction (laughs) because I have a natural tendency to want to kind of jump in a little bit too much, Okay, Um, but I can't. There are not enough hours in the day. So I think that the most important thing is getting the person that you gel with and that will gel with your clients Mm. so that that transition is um, pretty smooth. And I feel like a lot of people choose their trainer based on the general vibe. So, yes, it's about their skill set and can they actually help you, but also can I handle seeing this person once or twice a week for a long period of time? And so getting trainers that are kind of maybe this a little bit more similar in personality uh, is important to my business and has made the um, transitions amongst trainers and myself be a little bit more fluid. But that doesn't mean that some of my trainers don't have extremely different skill sets. Like Tammy that I've been working with since January, she's a very, I would call her like type A kind of person. She's very particular. She's always very quick on her communication. And that is so different for me, not that I don't try, but I have to try to be (laughs) fast at my communication. You know, it's just not my natural tendency. I'm I'm much more go with the flow, um, type B kind of personality. So it's actually been really great to have her. It's actually probably helped me the most Mm. she has those different skill sets, even though I know my my clients are benefiting from the fact that she's strong in those areas.
0: Mm, Yes, I like that. I totally agree with the personality and, you know, your trainer. And I had, I've asked a few of my clients, I'm like, Oh, why did you choose me? And then stay with me for what? Five, six years. And they're like your personality, like you. And so I'm like, that is an interesting mm-hmm. thing because I think a lot of the times it is like that in the training world. Cause sometimes we think, Oh, I have the degree. I have this and that's what they're looking for. And sometimes it might be what draws people in, mm-hmm. but you know, a lot of the times it's you and your connection with them that you know, people stay with this trainer for so long.
1: Which has really been interesting with my business, how I have built it in the last couple of years, because I'm so um, humbled by that. You like me, that's why you stay, mm. but I also need you to work with someone else.
0: Mm. <laughs> how know? did you make and, that transition?
1: You know, I've, I've figured out some things that do and don't work. That's for okay. sure. Uh what I do is um I set this expectation, especially because we've grown to the amount of clients that we have, that I cannot be my new client's trainer. That is, I'm like backup person. Mm-hmm. So I set the expectation in that very first meeting before they ever sign up that part of my job here today as I get to meet you is figuring out what trainer you're gonna work with best based mm-hmm. on some of the logistics schedule. And skill set, but also personality. who's going to work with you the best? And so I set that expectation right away. And then the other thing I do that has helped immensely with client retention is I end up eating a little bit more cost on this. Um, but what I do is that that next opportunity to have the client work with me, the trainer comes with me to that session, and they're not there to train the client. They're just there to meet the client, get to know them a little bit, um, see how I am would run their program if I was starting with them. And so they're kind of there to shadow. I just, um, we booked them as an assistant for that appointment. And so I think the clients really appreciate That there's this really warm handoff Mm. uh, rather than me being like, thanks for signing up. Great, I'll see you in a while. You're gonna meet Keita on Monday. And then (laughs) Keita shows up and she's got no warm introduction. Mm. So that has helped immensely. It's almost like I establish a much greater level of trust with clients, especially when they're brand new. You know, Mm. you have to be careful with every move that you make because you just don't, you just wanna make sure that they feel comfortable with the process.
0: Yes. No, I think that's, I think that's great advice, especially if anyone out there is thinking about, well, how can I, you know, go from maybe just one-on-one personal training, but they don't want to do an online thing. You know, this could be a great option to kind of expand their business and see how people have done it successfully.
1: And what's really nice about this, and we have used this to its infinite degrees this spring, is that everybody has been on vacation, but we all get to go on vacation, Mm -hmm. and our clients still get their sessions. That's awesome. While Tammy is on vacation, Kata and I are jumping in and doing her sessions for her. Um, I'm going on vacation in two days, and I have coverage when my father-in-law had a heart attack in March, and everything is okay awesome that everything is okay. But uh, by 10 a.m. on a Wednesday, I had moved all of my appointments within 20 minutes of finding out that he was on his way to the hospital. I'd moved all my appointments over to other people's calendars. And the meetings that I was supposed to run either uh, you know, in a Zoom setting or in person, I'd already asked somebody else to do that. So those are also my ways of asking for help is sometimes it's just built in as the business. But in other networking and other social obligations that I have, I still feel like I have a network of people that will jump in and have my back either at last minute, you know, when I really need it, or if it's just, hey, can you do this correspondence with with this person or whatever it might be? Mm.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a great um, demonstration of, you know, being okay to ask for help. I mean, that in and of itself, exactly what you've established is perfect for, you know, kind of wrapping up that conversation with the, you know, how do I ask for help? I mean, that's a great demonstration of it in Uh your business. Uh So I kind of wanted to talk on about one more subject before we start wrapping up, but I want to talk about perfection. So (laughs) that's definitely something that, um, I mean, I've battled this, I, you know, in my fitness and nutrition Uh years. And I think that many, I think many trainers have, and, um, you know, obviously clients do too. It's kind of that all or nothing like, okay, I, I'm all in, you know, it's Monday, I'm ready to do my workout and then Monday comes and then you end up sleeping in and you skip your morning workout. Great. I'll do it in the afternoon. Well, afternoon comes, skip again. And then, you know, you're like, oh, might as well just go out for happy hour. So then, yeah. you know, Tuesday rolls around. You're like, well, I'm already missed Monday, so I might as well start next week you know, Mm -hmm. then the next week comes and you're perfect all week. And it kind of is that pattern. And I find that that is such something that can be harder for people to break and get out of that. Okay. I'm all in, or I'm all out. And I think that's what sometimes when people are trying to reach, um, if they have weight loss goals, like this is actually a killer for that, you know, the up and the down, the perfect, and then the not perfect. And I think some of that is definitely relays in the mindset. You know, what is your take on this perfection syndrome? Well, it's something
1: that in working with um, someone one-on-one, I was just feeling really stressed out a couple of years ago and she actually put the name to it, you know, perfectionism. And I was like, that's exactly what it is. (laughs) So it was kind of nice to be able to just recognize it for what it is versus just wondering what the heck is going on. Um, but I definitely see this in my clients, like you said, where you end up, you know, oh, I I goofed up on lunch and so the rest of the day is shot. And that's mm-hmm. not true at all. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, I think the judgment that comes along with perfectionism is the real like devil, I guess, in this mm-hmm. scenario is that we take these tiny little, um, Faults or things that we didn't get done that we had mentally said or told someone else that we were going to do And we make them into these big things that all of a sudden are um, a reflection of our character Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Who we are as people when really all it is is a high-calorie lunch like Mm -hmm. those are the facts (laughs) So I that's how I kind of try and think about it, and I help um, my. That's like verbiage that I use with my clients as well. Is um, trying to help them understand what kind of um, words are they putting
0: on it, and what is it actually? Mm. Yes, I like that. I've never heard of that um, before, and I really like that you're just saying, "Oh, it's just a high calorie lunch. That's all it is. We don't have to think our week is ruined. It's not a cheat meal." maybe you believe, I'm not a big fan of saying cheat meal. I don't know about yourself. Yeah, no. But yeah. Cause then it kind of is, makes you seem like, Oh, this is okay. Every once in a while when you're like, no, it's just a meal. Like you just had, <laughs> you know, maybe you just had pizza and wine. Like that's what it is. It's okay.
1: Yeah. Cause cheat meal. That's what you do is you, you put a, a value on it versus just saying it's a hamburger and fries. Yeah. I think yeah. that's maybe, um, and maybe, you can tell me if this is accurate, but like for other trainers, it's so easy to pick out when your clients are telling you what's going on with their food, especially, or why they're not getting their fitness done. It's easy to pick out the facts and it's easy to pick out the judgments. So mm-hmm. those, I think those are ways that trainers can help their people And just all you and all you're doing is laying out the facts of what you see as well. So you're taking your judgment off of it as well. And then letting them, I just kind of leave that open ended a lot of times I kind no, of present I like them with this is how I see it. Um, and then encourage them to, um, think of it differently.
0: I think the same goes with, I've kind of evolved my, you know, in regards of what a workout is in the last probably a couple of years, I read a really good book. Um, no sweat by Phyllis cigar or no, Michelle cigar. And, okay. um, I highly recommend it to any trainer because it really shifted my old um, kind of more dogmatic training approach where you have to work out at least, you know, three to four days a week and it has to be intense and this is what you have to be doing for it to count. And, you know, when people are like, well, I didn't get that in, but I went for a walk. I'm like, all right, well, that was a great try. You know, instead of being Uh like, no, that is amazing. Like you did something that is better than nothing. And so this book really helped me kind of see it from other people's eyes, you know, since I have been, I've basically been in the training industry since I was 16. Like this is uh-huh. all I've been doing. So you kind of just, I just assume everyone's built like me when that's not the case. And yeah. so, you know, just really opening my eyes to that. Um, definitely in the last few years and being like, wow, that's not, that's not helpful to anyone when you're saying, great. You went for a walk, but that's not good enough. And so if you're telling that to people, then they're already thinking, well, why even try? And so I think having that mindset too, and teaching people that going for a walk is doing something, you know, doing a yoga class is not a rest day, you know, and just showing movement throughout your day and movement, however you can is something to be highly encouraged. Yep. I agree. How do you help people kind of, um, well, maybe you do like, so for me, rest days have evolved. Like I am like, take a rest day if you need it from like lifting, but in terms of like walking or yoga, like those aren't necessarily rest days, just getting as much movement into your day as possible. That's what I've kind of transitioned to.
1: Yeah. I think I've had to transition with my own exercise as well into that. Cause I like to go and spend an hour, but you know, if I'm Running behind, and now I only have forty-five minutes. Maybe I won't even go <laughs> because yes. it's not worth it. You know, so yes. it's kind of a mix of perfectionism um, with this idea that it that you don't have to be all in all the time. And so, with clients, when they are telling me, um, like for example, "No, I I didn't get to um, go swimming like I said I would, but I did go for a walk after dinner." what I kind of a lot of times end up using is I would consider that a win is what I tell them. And it, mm-hmm. it helps me like put my professional opinion on the thing that they did and encourage them. Cause if I encourage them for walks after dinner, uh, even when they didn't get to the gym earlier, they could have just said, well, that's the day. Yep. But they didn't, you know, they want that extra step to do something. They, they were creative in figuring out how can I get some activity And so if you don't encourage them at that level, how are you ever going to get them to do something more than that? Mm. So I, yeah, I, I definitely think that those, those little wins, they add up, even if they are a little bit different than what we had written out together.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, that was just even me today at the gym. I'm like, well, I didn't have time. Like I usually try to do my cardio is really went to just 10 minutes of high intensity cardio three times a week. And then. I try to go for walks every day if I can with my son for an hour. But like in terms of like hardcore trying to improve my cardio, it's 30 minutes tops a week. And so I didn't get it in today. And instead of being like probably the old me, I would have just been like, oh, well, I didn't get my workout in. Instead, I'm like, no, I lifted for 30 minutes, you know, and I'm going to go for a walk later today. Like that is getting my cardio in is going for the walk. That's why I go for the walks is to make sure it's kind of like a backup almost in terms of, oh, I didn't have time to do this at the gym. Well, I'm still getting in cardio. And that is a mindset that I think getting to this point, I mean, that has been years in the making. And so when people are like, I'm not there yet, just keep trying because that's honestly what it is. It's just a daily kind of, okay, I can do this, you know, and just trying to reinforce to yourself that no, doing something is better than doing nothing.
1: Yeah, sometimes it does take time though, with oh, yeah. learning that the way that you've been doing it or trying to do it is just not working and you have a couple of years to prove it. Sometimes that's how you have to learn. I learn those hard lessons usually. That's when I'm like, oh, ta da, I okay. get it, is because I learned the hard way. But I think you can also take that same mindset to your food. Um, I've really struggled lately with, I think a lot of people struggle with just sugar intake in general. Mm-hmm but my um, vehicle of choice for sugar is coffee. It's like socially Mm -hmm. acceptable for me (laughs) to be a trainer, you know, with a coffee, no one knows what's in my little mug. And Mm -hmm. um, so instead of saying, even though I would like to get off of purchasing coffee drinks, instead of saying I need to be done with this and trying to quit cold turkey, I just skipped it for a couple of days. I didn't go to Caribou. And when I did go back, I got half of the sugar. I normally would get. And those are wins, but I could easily look at that from a different viewpoint and say that, oh man, I had coffee when I said that I wasn't going to, or a sugary coffee beverage, but I think it's a win because I went without. And then when I did go back, I went with half.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's totally a win. And that's, I think that's a lot of people that's a great approach to fitness and to health nutrition in general is just trying to do those small wins to help you set up for maybe down the road, um, you know, for being able to do something every day of the week and not feeling like you have to, it's something that you actually are looking forward to doing.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause so you I actually see the value in it.
0: Oh yeah. And you yep. feel better. And it's kind of like, that's, that's how I get like my happy endorphins are going when I am getting my workouts in And I need that. Mm -hmm. And so it's much more motivating for me to get to the gym than to skip it. And my husband appreciates it as well. (laughs) Yeah. I'm pretty crabby. (laughs) Yeah, you're one of those people (laughs) that like has to move. Yes. uh, Yes. Otherwise he was like, when was the last time you worked out? You're kind (laughs) of (laughs) crazy. I was like, yes, I can't go longer than like three days. (laughs) Yep. No, that's good though. (sighs) So kind of wrapping up, I want to know where can we connect with you at online?
1: Yeah, so you can find us at urbanfitnesstc.com and also on Instagram. I'm very active on there with especially a lot of food stuff, um, healthy meals and planning and that kind of thing. Um, also just adventures of urban fitness and my own. And then also um on Facebook at Urban Fitness Twin Cities.
0: Perfect. And then now final couple questions. Okay. First one, what does peaceful power mean to you?
1: Yeah, I gave this some thought. And I think what it means to me is I think about the other women, especially in my life or the other business owners in my life that kind of exude that where they're um, in a powerful position, but they do it from a place of like peace and kindness. And what it kind of comes down to for me is just leading by example you're not trying to be better than you are. You're not, you're not putting up a front of who you are. You just are who you are. And if you're continually trying to make yourself better, I think that's a really amazing example, no matter at what point you are in your journey. So that's kind of what that peaceful power means to me is
0: leading, truly leading by example. Mm, I love that. That's totally going to be the show title. (laughs) Mm, Love it. As you said it, I was like, oh, that is perfect. Thumbs (laughs) up, everything you talked about today. (laughs) So finally, I like to give the listeners a weekly challenge. And when I have guests on, I have you guys do a weekly challenge to them. So what would you like it to be this week?
1: So off of the theme of asking for help, I would encourage your listeners to look at their day um, maybe over the next several days and find at least one item in there that you can ask for help. So maybe you're a a part of an organization where you said you would do X, Y, and Z, ask somebody in your organization to do X for you, like creating communication with a visitor or whatever it might be. I have an example of something very, very small. I did, um, last night and that is my my husband is helpful in getting me to bed on time because it's kind of that same idea where if you're out of the gym for a couple of days you kind of get a little anry mm-hmm. And that way if i don't get my sleep my world <laughs> revolves around my sleep so he puts me to bed pretty early and i appreciate that he's he knows that that's important to me and it's also important to him <laughs> last night i was already upstairs in my bedroom and i'm ready to go to bed and i said oh Corey, i left my work phone Um, downstairs, do you think you could get it for me? Because I knew that if I went downstairs, it would be another 30 minutes and probably another snack or two later (laughs) that I would eventually make my way up to bed and I would have lost those 30 minutes. So even just like something small like that and really showing your appreciation for those things, because even though they're tiny, they are a big deal in certain situations. So um, having your listeners look for a couple of ways that they can either ask their spouse or a coworker or someone in their life just to help with something, even if it's small.
0: Mm, yes. And I love that. Good job, Corey. Way to help out. He's awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Corey, Corey and I both played basketball at our colleges. Obviously, he was on the men's team. And um, we became great friends. So I know Corey quite well. So I can just imagine Corey being just a great husband like that and doing that for you. Yep. So, anything else that you want to say in conclusion today, Addie?
1: Um, you know, I guess I want to share one last, like, it's kind of in the same idea of asking for help, and I wanted to share this with you, Andrea, and you and I, I guess, have talked a little bit about it um, when we've been together in the last year, but um, I have really kind of struggled with this idea of if I want to have a family later in my life, what does that mean for my business? Mm. For a couple of years, I was really frantically like, I was kind of just letting this bubble under the surface of basically not knowing what that looks like. How do I keep my business thriving and going, but also step into that you know, that personal thing that I, I think I do want to do. Mm-hmm. And so what I've done over the last couple of years is I just started asking questions. Mm-hmm. I asked questions of my sister-in-law who owns her own business and has two kids. I have definitely asked questions of you about <laughs> childcare and managing your schedule um, with your husband and how does that actually work? And so just by asking questions and learning and Wanting to have people help you understand how they make it work has completely changed my outlook as to how this can actually work. And I don't have to stress about it anymore because I'm watching cool people in my life do exactly what I want to do. And that even though I don't know what all the questions are right now, there will be more questions later. And if I keep asking for help and asking questions and learning, um, I'll, I'll be fine. Mm, that's kind of how I look at it. So that has really helped me just like find peace in that next step whenever it does come, because I have great examples and people that are willing to share that information with me.
0: Mm, Yes. I think that's very, um, wise of you to do that I did not do any of that but <laughs> Jalen was a surprise as well so I did not have time to prep and so sometimes I'm yeah like, that was the lesson I needed to learn is just otherwise I would have I can totally see me being the same thing as you just kind of like how does this all work and sometimes as I have told you before I'm like just overthinking it instead of just being like you know what yes I'll figure it out as it comes and that's kind of what I was thrown into and um, you know that's always been my advice to you and anyone who's like how does it work I'll be like you know what you will, it will work and you will figure it out. And sometimes, um, you know, those transitions are great transitions in your business as well.
1: Yes, very true. And being open to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have very much appreciated my conversations with you and other moms that are, you know, building their own dream as well. It can, you can make it all happen.
0: Yes. Well, Eddie, it's been so much fun to get to talk to you and record our conversation for the first mm-hmm. time. So <laughs> It's been so fun. Um, and thank you so much for being on today. Yeah, thank you, Andrea. All right, and everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power podcast. And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to andreaclawson.com where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the peaceful power message. Thanks again and go out there and spread your peaceful power.